This is Missions Month, and like I said, Daryl and I get really excited about missions, and I'm going to talk just a little bit to you about missions, but I hope that you get something way beyond the fact that this is just a mission uh, sermon, because it really isn't. Uh, I know through the years, many people, and I've wondered why missions, what is at the, what's at the bottom? Why do we call it missions? What is it that we get so excited about with missions? God revealed to us more than you ever have before about missions, and uh, I believe that Solid Rock, we did a turn. We repositioned a few years ago, and I can't tell you exactly how it happened. You've always been a giving church. You've always been a wonderful church. You've always been a people that has a heart for other people, for other nations. We've been traveling overseas since 1989, and you've always been supportive. Some of you have gone with us. Some of you have gone to other places, uh, and you've been involved in missions. Uh, every one of you go into your place of work, and hopefully... Uh, you are, are taking Jesus Christ there, and, and after today, you definitely are going to go, leave here as a missionary because that's what we're all called to do. But it's been really interesting to see that we have shifted. I know in our Women Around the World conferences every month, every year, you know, uh, our, our team, we've talked about this a lot. When we first started out, we really did start out as a women's group that was going to have something for our women. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. And But as time went on, we realized it really wasn't about our, just our women in, anymore because God wanted to add to it and bring others in because the more that he has to work with, the farther out he could reach, more that have the heart and the more that begin to see. And our women begin to see that this wasn't just a conference. It was a missionary project. It was something to reach other women. It was something to reach out past who we were and what we wanted. And I've watched our women. They just change to now they are missionaries that when other women come into this church, they are just ministering to them. They are loving on them because see the heart of God is love. God is crazy about you. He loves you and he cares about you. Every circumstance that you're in, he really does care about you. And so it's just been really exciting as your pastor to watch what God has done in this church to make us a missions church. And because we really are, every church should be a missions church. But Pastor and I know it without a shadow of a doubt. And when it comes time for us to hand over the reins to someone else, may they never forget and may you never forget that this is a God called missions church to reach out and do what God. And I believe that a church who teaches and practices, who does missions, is a church alive. That's why I know the presence of God is here. That's why I know we can be excited. It's not about we, what we do. It's just who we are because God has put something in our hearts to reach farther than we've ever reached before. And I want to tell you that last year, at the end of the year, uh, and we've done this many, many times, we've uh, handed out uh I guess they're faith promises, not pledges, but just promises between you and God on what you would like to give for missions. And we've done that time after time, and very few would follow through. I want you to know that you need to be so proud of yourself. I have, it's been the best missions year that we've ever had. Isn't that something? In a pandemic, in the middle of a pandemic, 
You have given more regularly than you ever have before. Now, you got to understand, you guys have given always well because we've went on many, many missions trips. We've done many conferences, and you all have stepped up. You have sent. You have done. But I'm talking about a consistent every month. And you've been consistent. And hopefully we'll get to talk more before this month is over on some of the things that we are involved in. But I, I just feel like our church is a mature church. That we have come into a brand new maturity. And you should be thankful for that. I really do because, you know, we've pastored a long time. And, and you know, Daryl and I both grew up in church. We... Our, our dads were pastors, and so we grew up in that. And so we have been very aware of what it is that makes a church. And it's the people that come to the church. It's the people that we have the honor of pastoring and ministering to and loving on. So we are so grateful. But I feel like you're almost different. I don't know how to explain it, but you're different. There's something about you that is exciting because you're excited about Jesus. You're excited about the call. You're excited about what he is all about. We're living in a time where in the natural, it looks dark. In the natural, it, it can be very troubling. But on the inside, there's something that is exciting. And that is the presence and the spirit of God that is being raised up within us to proclaim what the word of God says. Because proclaiming the word of God brings results like Sister Brenda just talked about. But not only will it bring results just for her, it's going to re bring results for all of us. But as as she speaks forth the word, it's going to set something on fire in a life of somebody else. Every time she tells that testimony, she can be telling it one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm telling you, God is going to use that testimony to set a fire in somebody else that was struggling with their faith, struggling with believing that, God, are you going to heal me this time? Maybe they've been healed before, but this time, Lord, it's the big one. This time, it's the one that the enemy meant to take me out, but that's the time when you and I, we say, no, thank you, devil, but I'm going to rely and believe on the word of God because it's the word of God that breaks the yoke, the burden off my back. Amen. I remember back, and I'm just going to reflect just a little bit. I remember back, Pastor Darrell and I, we'd go down to Houston, Lakewood Church, Brother John Osteen, and we would go to those conferences. I don't know exactly when we started going, but I think probably around 86, 87, something like that, 88, I don't know. But I remember that we would go and, and we'd sit in those services, mission services. Yeah, pastors go to mission services, but you guys got to understand, October is, these are mission services. These are the chance and the opportunities for you to say yes like you've never said yes before. It's an opportunity for God to deal with your heart and get you past yourself. That's what this is all about. It gets us our eyes on the harvest like Pastor Daryl said a while ago. That was profound, honey, because it needed to be say, said today. That's how God is looking. He's saying, I just, it, it's harvest time. It's time for us to see that, that it's ripe. It's ripe. It's ready for you. It's waiting for you. But I remember going, and I look back, and I learn. I can see that I learned a lot about myself during that time. Missions Month can teach us a lot. You may think, what can I le learn in Missions Month? I learned a lot in Missions 
conferences. I learned a whole lot about myself because he called to me. He began to call to me and show me. Maybe I'd already been into missions, but he began to show me something about myself that I didn't really know. And his call was to me to reach out beyond my own problems, my own stuff, my own life, and to have a vision like he had a vision for the world, to see the world just a little bit like he sees the world. And had I not listened to someone besides myself and my own thoughts, the borders of my mind, Christy, they wouldn't be where they are today. I wouldn't have had a passion for reaching the nations. If I hadn't sat in a service that was supposed to be boring. All missions must, more missionaries, more. No, you don't have any missionaries. You just got, you all are missionaries. This is, we're in house here today. We had two missionaries on two Wednesday nights. Now, isn't that different? And they were amazing. Not saying we won't have another one before the end of the month, but I am telling you that God's want to speak to solid rock. But I wouldn't have grown to the place that I am today about reaching out, reaching the unreached, telling the untold. I heard John Osteen say that so many times. That's what missions is. I remember sitting in those services, babe, and seeing those flags everywhere in that church. At that time, it was a big church. It isn't anything like it is now, but it was a big church at that time. And we'd sit there, and my mind began to expand. See, I want your mind to expand. We can be so closed and so small-minded that God can't get through us what he's trying to get to us. He'll get things to us, and if we don't open our mind, he can't get it through us. And it will die, a seed that could have been planted. A seed that could have grown into a mighty harvest. He's just looking for some laborers of the field. There was an excitement of life in those conferences. I can remember it so well. And I learned some more about the heartbeat of God. I leaned in. I pray that you begin to lean in. Begin to lean into the will of the Father for your life and what God is saying. Yes, he uses us in our families. That's where it all starts. And if you're not experiencing that, lean into what God's saying about your family because he doesn't want your family lost. But as I would sit in these services, my perspective, my dream was changing. I was beginning to be charged, honey with a compassion that I had never known before. I saw something besides our church in Farmington. Even though I was excited about our church, God began to expand my mind and let me see a little more. I remember one particular year when uh, Daisy Osborne and T.L. were ministering that year. And I remember Daisy getting up. Isn't it funny the different things that are impressed? You see, you never know who's watching you. You never know how you're impressing somebody. You never know, Sister Brenda, what God did through just today. We will never know. We, don't, we won't know on this side, I'm sure. She never knew. She never knew my name. She went on to heaven without ever knowing who I was. It wasn't important. 
But I remembered something. She was a well-dressed little lady, got up there with her high heels on. But she was powerful. And she began to tell about her adventure in Africa. And I, all I remember about that particular sermon or testimony, whatever she was doing up there, I don't really know what she was doing at the time. I just know that I was all in. I was watching her. And as she would speak, she was telling about, I remember that somehow they were trying to get over from one side of a really, really big river over to the other side of it. And she made it an adventure when in fact it really was a hard time. But she was talking about how God worked it all out. And I sat there in that service and I remember thinking, God, is it possible if you could use her, could you use me? I was least likely. I was scared of cat, darling, Rhodes. I had so many fears. So many fears in my life at that time. I was the all-powerful pastor's wife with a lot of fears, a lot of insecurities. But something leaped inside of me as I watched this woman of God. I, lo I learned a lot that day listening to her. I remember a year or two later, we went to a smaller church in San Antonio, Texas, to a missions conference. And again, flags and talking about the world, not just San Antonio. San Antonio, amazing, amazing church there, but their borders we're going way out. And I was sitting in that conference, and they had different speakers. And one speaker got up. It's amazing. I don't remember any of the rest of them. None of them. I don't know who preached at that year besides T.L. and Daisy that we went to John Osteen's. But I don't remember one word that T.L. said. I just know that when T.L. spoke that his eyes were so piercing that if there was a devil in you, he was gonna, it was going to shake your boots. I do know that. Because we sat by somebody that that happened to. Just the eyes. They kept saying his eyes, his eyes, the eyes with the anointing of God upon his life. But anyway, that's a sidetrack, pig trail. Uh, back to this missions conference. I only remember one in San Antonio. And I don't know who the speaker was. I, I could find out. But I remember that he preached on forgiveness of all things. All things. Sitting in a missions conference. Do you remember that, Daryl, that message? He was the kindest, gentlest man that was there preaching in that conference. Preached some other messages. He's one of the main speakers, Joseph somebody. Garlington, you got it. Preached that year, and he preached on unforgiveness at a missions conference. Like I said, I've learned a lot in a missions service. God was dealing with my heart because I had forgiven others, but I had forsaken forgiving myself because I didn't feel like I was worthy of forgiveness. But in that, he preached the whole thing on message on forgiveness until it came to the very last part of the message. And he said, you can't love others until you learn to love yourself. And I thought I needed to punish myself. 
Isn't it amazing what you can find at a missions conference? That message got a hold of my life. And had I not allowed the Lord to deal with my heart on forgiving myself, I would not have preached a message on forgiving others and forgiving myself around the world. Because there's so many people that cannot forgive themselves. They can forgive others, but they can't forgive themselves. It changed my life. Literally changed my life. And pushed me forward. It charged me to move and to look farther. Not behind in what I couldn't change. You can't change what's back here. You can't do that. I couldn't have reached others if I hadn't really learned to love. It's amazing what you can find in Missions Month. It's amazing what God can do to our hearts. Learning to love ourselves, warts and all. Because, see, we know ourselves. We, our, we know all of our failures. We know everything. Had I stayed broken, and I want you to listen to this comment. Had I stayed broken, I could not have preached effectively that God heals the brokenhearted. Isaiah 60, 1 and 1. I could not have preached effectively that God heals the brokenhearted and that he binds up the wounds of the soul of the mind. This was about Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He has healed me. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. What, what a scripture. That's the commission that, that was the forerunner of speaking of Jesus here. And then Jesus, when he leaves this earth, he says to us that he has given us the power to do what he did. Matthew 28, 19 says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. And then Mark 16, 15 says, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And these two verses of scripture right here, Jesus explicitly gave the directive for believers, for you and I, to teach all nations. Nations can be a group of people. Nations can be one per A nation can be one person. We're to go. You and I are to go and teach and preach the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did Jesus expect every one of us did he really think did do we think that he's going to move everybody overseas and, and that we're going to have to change our whole world no no if that's what God wants you to do he just says you got need to be obedient thank you so much sweetheart you go take a break and rest anytime you want to I appreciate you so much Dylan but in in, in studying these two words we in both of these uh it says go ye and teach all the nations Go into the world and preach to every creature. That is the proclamation and the command that is given to each one of us as a Christian. But in studying these two passages, we find out that there's two different words, the Greek words here 
uh, it for di- that will are used to accentuate the different parts of the world because there's different uh, different people that we're going to reach. And so I'm going to start with Matthew 28:19 here, where it says, uh, "The nations there is the word ethos, which means ethnic groups." Uh, and, and that means Gentile nations, which includes not only the geographical place where the Gentiles were living uh, and the location, but it also means different customs, different way of doing things. God has sent us into touching other people's lives that don't see things just like us. It means that the gospel is to be taken to people from every culture, every custom, every race, every color, every civilization, and every ethnic, somebody help me out. There you go. I said it last night. I always have trouble with it. But it could be tra- translated. I want to I read a translation of what it could say. Go you therefore and teach all ethnic groups invading every race, every skin color, and every nation with different customs and culture. Ultimately, taking this gospel into every civilization that exists in this world. In other words, every person needs to be reached for the Jesus Christ. It is not left to the preachers to do it because we can't reach who you can reach. Uh, Our staff can't reach who you can reach. You're going to go into places that we can. And and it's good news for all of us today because we're living in a culture. You look around us and we are living in a culture that uh, uh, we have mixed nations all around us that live within our borders in the United States. And even in our communities, these last few years, we don't have to go far from home to find different ethnic groups in our own country. But there are two worlds that are operating inside of our country. And we all know that, right? We know it that God's kingdom has God's system to it. And we also know that the God of this world, Satan, he promotes humanism, and he also has his system. The world system where Satan works invades and exerts his influence. Have you ever seen a day where the enemy doesn't have more and more evil trying to be spurt, uh, spit out and trying as hard and as fast as he can to convert? That's what the enemy is out to do is to convert. Well, I tell you what our mission is, is to go out and do everything that we can to convert people to know the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified, risen again. And and he wants to come into our hearts, into our lives and shake up our worlds. And, And, you know, it's interesting, even in Hollywood, every once in a while, you will hear somebody that is so bold that will stand up in Hollywood, actors, those of influence, and they will speak out about the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you hear one of them do it, pray for them because they need to be covered with your prayer. But I believe God is going to raise up more and more people where there is evil that seems like it is gaining ground. I'm telling you, the word of God has made a promise to us that grace will also abound and it will increase and God's anointing through your his people you is going to touch worlds and nations around you going into the world is going into the cosmos maybe it's where you work maybe it's where you shop maybe it's 
in the world system. You have to go in there. You have to work there. You have to, everywhere we go, there are people around that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their Lord. And that is because we are to reach them. We are the heralders. We are the ones that will talk and proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not just in what we speak. It's what we do and how we act. Jesus shines through our actions, our attitude. Think about this particular thing. There are things that happen in the history of the world. And I believe that 2021 and possibly 2022 will be years where there are things that are going to be absolutely remembered in history. I believe not just the bad. I believe there's going to be something. See, God is still working miracles in the middle of pandemic. Do you know that people have thrived, literally thrived in the middle of pandemic? Because see, the God of this world is not in charge of God's people. But there was a time in history, and some of you will remember the dates. I don't know the dates, but I'm just thinking here. When the first American spaceship was put on the launch pad. Now, that was probably, anybody know the dates on that? I don't know. I should have looked it up. But just think about this. Let my mind go do some thinking here. What a day that was. Because it didn't just happen on a day. The astronauts, the, those that worked in and believed that we would actually put off a spaceship and that we would actually fly up into the atmosphere. It was planned for a long, long time. And then there came a day where there was actually a launching. It actually happened. It was placed very carefully in position. The engines had to be ignited. And the first spacecraft blasted into the atmosphere. Now that was life-changing for America, for those that had worked for years in developing a plan. That was a memorable moment. And every time that there is a new space exploration, it goes back to the day when it was put on a launching pad, when there was a launch that was made. So in the same thing, the same happening happened in the New Testament. It was a momentous hour in the history of the Christian church. Think about this today. Aren't you glad for the book of Acts? Aren't you thankful that there was a time when the Spirit of God said to the believers in the church of Antioch, set apart Barnabas and set apart Paul, Saul, and they sent them out as missionaries from the church. They were the very first missionaries that were sent out into the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we start in the first seven chapters of Acts, this is really interesting, they, con- they, they concentrate on Jerusalem. Remember, their commission was to go into Jerusalem, go into Judea, go into Samaria, and then go to the utter ends of the world. Amen. Go into the other parts of the world. 
because we're gonna, that's where you're going to be witnesses. And so he sent them out, and that was the launching pad. And they begin to concentrate. Those first seven chapters, they're preaching there in Jerusalem, and, and they're having great results. It's amazing what is happening. See, we need to be preaching in Jerusalem because God wants to bring great results for you with your families, with this community. Our community, not everybody in this community is saved. Not everybody knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's hard for Christians to believe. But when we understand that we're commissioned to go and we are to get everyone that we can saved for the Lord Jesus Christ, it is what we're to do. We're supposed to witness. We're supposed to tell how God has been good to us. There will be opportunities. When you say yes, there will be opportunities to share your testimony with someone. There just will. I'm telling you what, Tammy Lindsay, God has done so many things in your life. God wants to use that testimony on somebody that doesn't know if they're going to make it or not, or feels like God can't do it for them. But you can convince them with the word of the Lord coming out of your mouth. We go on in Acts uh, chapters 8 through 12, and the church is expanding. And now the church is going out, and they're, they're witnessing uh, to Judea. They're going to Samaria. And that's kind of like sometimes we cross over a little bit farther. We get to, you know, you, you're going out of state. Let's just say that. You went to visit some a family, and, and you you get there and there's family that's struggling. And the next thing you know, you're beginning to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe they have a neighbor that doesn't know anything about Christ. Maybe they've been, you know, whatever culture they've come. But you get an opportunity. And maybe you crossed over into Mexico. Or maybe you went across the northern border a little bit. So you've reached out a little bit out of the regular comfort zone. And God will use you mightily for doing that. And that's what was happening. The church is expanding. The church's dream is getting bigger. Their vision is getting bigger. God wants us to dream bigger and have a bigger vision than we've ever had before because it's his harvest that we're going after. It's his souls that we want to see saved. And then in Acts chapter 13, they, it went on into where now, he says, you'll be my witness into the uttermost part of the world. That's where that journey began. It was a missionary trip of Paul that resulted in the gospel of Jesus Christ being planted in the city of Rome, and it went on out from there. So it was extending faster and faster and growing and growing. Thank God for the missionaries in the New Testament. Thank God that the church sent forth Barnabas and Paul and told them to go forth. We bless you. Go forth. But they had to get involved too. The Christians there at Antioch, it wasn't just for Paul. It wasn't just for Bar Barnabas. But it's very important because it was the start of the first foreign mission movement. And it lays down just simple basic principles and guidelines that all churches, that you and I are to follow. Because God has a plan for the local body. Isn't that exciting that God would allow us to do the work of the ministry to reach others? What does it mean to preach? Preach just comes from the Greek word K-E-R-U-S-S-O, kerasa, which means to proclaim, to declare, or to herald. I said a while ago, when you get up and you testify like our sister did, like many of you do have before, you are heralding out the truth of the word of God. You're heralding out the truth of what God can do 
and what he did in your life and what he wants to do in others. Back in, uh, when a king would send out a message, he would send it out by someone whose title was K-E-R-U-S, Carex, which was a heralder. And you and I, that's what we've been called to do because we're sending the message for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're not going to give our opinion, but we're going to declare the message that he has for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every child of God has a mandate to go tell because our excuses won't work. We've all tried them. And God wants to use all of us. I love it when Jesus spoke to Mary Magdalene. Can you imagine her of all people? You know, she was the woman that had been delivered of seven demons. She was the least likely. But Jesus looked at her and he just said, go tell my disciples. Such love, such compassion. That's how he looks at us. That's why I learned in a missions conference that it's okay to forgive myself. It's okay to understand that he loves me, that he really cares about me, that he really wants to use me. And that's what he says to you. As I was in here Tuesday, and we had prayer service, and it was really interesting to me. Different things happen in prayer service, prayer times. You know, God speaks. And to me, he just speaks really plain because I understand plain. And for some reason, I was so drawn by the maps up there. I don't know. Have you ever noticed the maps of the world? Isn't that amazing? The maps of the world are right in front of us on both sides. Some of you may not have known, but for a while, I think it was, who was it that had fallen down? Finland. Is that right? We lost Finland for a while. Huh? Greenland? We lost Greenland for a while. See, I know my geography. Uh, we lost Greenland for a while. Some of you might not have noticed that, but Greenland had fallen down from over there. And he got put back up. But I hadn't noticed it till Tuesday when I really noticed it. I had looked at it several times and I thought, well, it's still up there. But then I really realized that it was up there. But I was looking at the maps and I just began to talk to the Father. Thank him for the church. Thank him for the world mission. Thank you, Lord. And I just got so touched by God. But then all of a sudden in my mind, I said, God, we are so grateful to get to do what we do, to go and take your message. But you know, God, it's amazing how our mind thinks. You know, God, I've never raised anybody from the dead and I've heard about it, and I believe it. I believe that you raise people from the dead because I've heard the stories was in Kenya when a Brother Philip ran over a young man and was raised from the dead. But I'd never done that. And then I moved on, and I was like, your word says to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, I believe that when we lay hands on the sick, but I just haven't conversations. I don't know if you have conversations with God or not. But I love it when God speaks, and he spoke profoundly to me, and he said to me, Darlene, you don't know how many dead people have been raised because you dared to go. You don't know how many were dead in their spirit. They had no hope. 
they had, see church, I believe in miracles, so don't go and say I don't, because I do. I would, I would shout with you when a, a dead person was raised. I'm just saying I had never experienced it, and I wasn't really complaining to God, but God wanted to get something through me, through my head that I needed to get through my head. Because, you know, we all would like to see somebody raised from the dead. And it was like God was saying, darling, you don't know how many people, because you've been faithful to the word of God, that I've given them hope and their spirit has come alive. They are no longer dead, but they are alive in Christ. And I was like, yes, Lord. And then I, then I went immediately to lay hands on the sick. How do you know? You know, lay hands on the sick, you know. And it was like, darling, you don't know how many of those little ladies that have come up, you thought you was praying for them because they got a fever. Because I'd pray healing for their, for their body. But I'd pray for them and for their families. And you don't know how many souls of the mind were renewed and were healed. And church, the reason I'm telling you this is because we sometimes sell short what God is wanting to do in and through us because we're wanting to see the big thing. And I have to wonder, do I want to come back and tell you that I raised somebody from the dead? If somebody gets raised from the dead, I didn't do it. I just happened to be there when God did it. And I still believe in miracles. But what a miracle. When somebody has hope, you've just left the room. You just left the room. You loved on somebody that didn't feel like anybody cared about them. And you loved on them. You even hugged them. Lay hands on the sick. You didn't even get the anointing all out. But you laid hands on them. You loved on them. And God says, you don't know how many people I have raised from the dead. You don't know how many people whose souls had no hope, were not whole, but begin to see because of the preaching of the word, begin to see with clarity. Would the praise and worship team come? But God really began to minister to me. That we as a church, sometimes we tend to think, if I can't do this or I can't do that, then I'm not being used by God. It's like the song that we sang all ago, Jaira. More than enough to use you to testify, to use you to love on somebody, to use you to change somebody's world. I want you to stand to your feet today. And after, after the service, we're going to give you announcements, and I hope you all are going to come out to the house where God will have you.